Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, We take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. On today's episode of Locked on Kentucky, we have a phenomenal conversation with our friend Matt Upchurch of the Kentucky 15. Going to get his thoughts on Johnny Broom, some other transfer portal players, Oscar Shebway potentially returning, and then Kentucky football and the outlook for the 2022 season. A lot of different things that we touch on. It's a great conversation that we had. Uh, it, hopefully, you guys will go and give him a follow on his socials. Go and subscribe to his podcast. The link is in the description. He does phenomenal work over there. Without further ado, let's kick it to our conversation with Matt Upchurch. We are now excited to be joined by Matt Upchurch of the Kentucky 15. Had him on last week to talk a little Kentucky basketball. Going to do the same thing this week, Matt. Uh, A lot of things have happened since uh, we last spoke. A couple of different Kentucky players entered their name into the NBA draft. But what I want to focus on today is the transfer portal and an interesting prospect that the Wildcats are looking at, Johnny Broom out of Moorhead State. According to 24-7 Sports, he is the number one player in the transfer portal right now. Averaged 16.8 points per game with the Eagles this past season. It was a squad that went 23-11. and 11, Had some inter- interesting moments last year. I believe he's set to visit the Wildcats. He's already taken a visit to Auburn, and Auburn fans had their moment on Twitter. It was like, well, we're going to freak out about that. But I think Kentucky's definitely going to get a look at him as well. What are your thoughts on Broom? Well, I mean, my first thought is it's going to be tough to have both him and Oscar. Um, you know, I think they're they're both very similar in the fact that they dominate rebounding. I mean, they're they're both beasts on the glass. Um, but but more of the issue, I think, is neither one of them really stretched the floor. And I, I think it's going to be tough to have two beasts out there. And but I'll be honest, I mean, if, if Oscar is leaving and it looks like indications now are saying that Oscar's probably coming back. But if Oscar was to leave, if the NIL stuff didn't get settled, yeah, Johnny Broom, you go after him hard. Uh, you know, I kind of looked up today in the OVC tournament title game versus Belmont. He had 27 points and 12 rebounds. I mean, who's that sound like? That sounds like the national player of the year that Kentucky just had with, with Oscar Sheevway. Um, so, yeah, I, I would be really excited about him. I don't see it working with both him and Oscar on the same roster. Uh, but I'll tell you what, it, it's someone that you absolutely have to do your due diligence with. You've got to go after because if Oscar is not on the roster, I mean, this is the guy you want. And you, you mentioned, uh, just his performance late in the season. And he had a couple of interesting moments against some other really good teams actually had 12 points against Auburn. That was their season opener last year, but I believe it was actually his worst field goal percentage of the season in a single game. He, uh, he had 20 points on the road against number 22, Xavier, dropped 32 points against Murray State once, then dropped 14 against them again. Like you mentioned, had a really solid game uh, against Belmont. I would be curious to see how his talent translates to the SEC, but I, I think some people will get hung up a little too much on that. And like you noted, I think he's just overall a really dominant player. And then something also that you have to note, 
he's heading into his sophomore season. He's got a lot of time to develop and grow. And while a lot of people may want to knock on Kentucky for being a place that's just essentially an NBA pipeline, I know a lot of Kentucky fans are upset, essentially saying like, well, we want to win now. Well, I think they do a really good job of developing kids to make them into NBA-ready prospects. And I think Broom could potentially be one of those guys. Obviously, like I mentioned, one of the top transfers in the market right now. But there's so many different names out there right now. Is there another guy that you would potentially want to look at as a post player that you could potentially see coming to the Wildcats as well? Yeah, um, I mean, I, and that's a good question. I think the only, the only hang-up with that is, again, that you know it's tough to match another post player with Oscar. Mm-hmm. And you're going to play Oscar 32, 33, 34 minutes a game. I mean, he again, he's the reigning national player of the year. Um, he's an absolute beast. If he comes back, I mean, it, it's his team. Uh, so it's tough to find, you know, players in the portal right now uh, that are like that. Uh, but I would say the one that seems like Kentucky's, you know, been making contact with is uh, Norshed O'Meara. And uh, I think, Lance, you talked about him earlier this week. Uh, that's Arkansas State. I mean, he's a stud. I want to say he was the conference player of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, he he's a lot like Oscar. He's a great rebounder, um, a lot like Oscar. He's got a really good mid, mid-range jumper, but he doesn't really stretch the floor. Uh, spacing would be an issue with both of them on the floor together. Um, but I, I think he's someone that they've reached out to. And then I know you saw, too, the, the Kenneth Lofton Jr. has been reached out to Louisiana Tech. And I like this one because, you know, you look at uh, you look at Coach Cal players, you know, uh, his centers, his post players. Uh, I don't know, Anthony Davis and Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Cauley-Stein and Nerlens. And this guy is nowhere near those. What is he? He's, uh, he's 275 pounds. Yeah, he's 200. He's a tank. Um, I can't. What was it? Glenn Baby Davis Shack. I don't know if you remember that out of LSU, but he's oh, kind of yeah. like him. Uh, just not your your typical Kentucky big man. But I'll tell you what, he has all the big dogs after him. I mean, he he's a stud. Uh, I watched some highlights of him. Um, and then kind of a fun note here, he played with Chet Holmgren and Johnny Davis uh, and Jaden Ivey on that U19 USA team that won the gold medal on the, the world stage. Really? Uh, so he can, he can ball. Yeah, he can hoop. Um, it would be interesting to see him in a Kentucky jersey because, yeah, that's just not a player you've seen man in, in a really really long time um and you know I, I think another one worth mentioning would be that kj williams out of murray state mm-hmm. uh now he is someone who can stretch the floor okay so kj williams murray state uh again not your typical uh really kind of wiry lengthy uh willie collie sign nerland's kind of post player 610 but he shot 35 percent from deep in his career so far. So across three years, uh, he, he's a 35% three point shooter uh, average. I think this year, 18 points and eight rebounds and he stretches the floor. So as far as if Oscar comes back and you're bringing in another big KJ Williams might be that guy um, because he, he is different from Oscar and he can step out and he can stretch the floor. Obviously, like you mentioned, you just went through a ton of different players that are in the portal that Kentucky could potentially snatch up, but it, it also, you know, leaves the question well if oscar shibway returns then does kentucky really go after any of these guys i'll actually say this i reached out to kj the day that he entered the transfer portal and he said i believe he said this in his instagram post as well he essentially just repeated what he said in his post is that he's planning on entering the nba draft first but maintaining his eligibility and so he's going to see if there's anything there and then he's going to come back i agree with you i think kj williams would be somebody really good to look at kenneth lofton absolute unit like you mentioned and then another guy that i think would be interesting that actually right before we started recording 
uh, Matt, it was uh, a report came out that he'll actually be visiting Kentucky with a uh, five-star freshman, Leonard Miller, Antonio Reeves, Illinois State transfer, who was averaging over 20 a game last season and then shooting 39% from three. Uh, I think he could be potentially somebody. You talk about needing someone that could could stretch the floor. Let's say Keon Brooks doesn't come back. Let's say Jacob Toppin doesn't come back. He would be somebody that would slot in at the floor. You can let, before you can let Chris Livingston play a little bit at the three. Or let's say one of those two guys, Brooks or Toppin, does come back. I mean, that's a really solid front court, especially if Shibway opts to return. So Antonio Reeves could be somebody that I'm excited about. Totally agree. And you hit the nail on the head there, too, because I think if Oscar does come back, and as of now, it's, I mean, Severe Wheeler is your guy at point guard, right? And, and I think they're probably reaching out to other guards. But if he's your guy, I think you've got to surround Oscar and Wheeler with shooters. And so it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense to go after a power forward or another guy who can't stretch the floor. Uh, yeah, Antonio Reeves, uh, Illinois State. Um, I mean, he can shoot it. Uh, now, the only thing with him, and, and trust me, I, I would love him to be wearing Kentucky blue, but he's a little bit of a volume guy. He, he gets away with a little bit more attempts there in, at Illinois State than he probably would with Coach Cal. But at the same time, I mean, if you're shooting at that height right under 40%, I mean, you take him. Absolutely. All right, guys, before we continue our conversation with Matt Upchurch, want to tell you guys about our friends at Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens is something that I personally use every single day. Started taking Athletic Greens uh, just a few weeks ago because I wanted better gut health. It's really good for my digestion. Whenever you take Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, and probiotics into your body. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus. It, it helps with everything. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And it contains less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. While still tasting great and it supports better sleep quality and recovery as well. It also costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different, different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now, Athletic Greens can give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Yeah, I think that he could be an interesting prospect. It's just, of course, a lot of this revolves around Matt, whether or not Oscar Shibway returns. And I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit today as well. You kind of hinted at it early on, just reports kind of leaning towards Oscar Shibway wanting to come back, talking about different NIL things, meeting with some folks, saying that he's a week or two out from making a decision. You would like to think that the National Player of the Year would have probably declared for the NBA draft by now, and he still may. But the longer he waits, the more optimistic I am about him returning. What are your thoughts? I think he's back. Yeah, I, I think he's back. Um, you kind of pointed to some of the indicator indicators. Uh, what I think recently, Lance, just this week or last week, he was in a meeting with U.S. Senator Mitch McConnell, uh, who, you know, is from Kentucky. And then I think today he made an appearance today or yesterday with Governor Bashir. And it seems like, you know, Mitch McConnell and Bashir might be kind of working on his behalf with legislative issues. Uh, I'm not going to pretend to be, you know, any kind of political guru and understand the ins and outs of his, you know, being 
being on a student visa and being able to make money. Um, but it sounds like he needs a little bit of help and he's getting that help. Um, so I, I think he kind of said either today or yesterday in an interview, he thought he was maybe a week away uh, from making an announcement. So I'm going to predict without any inside sources, I'm going to predict that Kentucky gets some good news. And if he does opt to return, I mean, Kentucky still can dip their hand into the transfer portal and get some guys to surround, like you said, Wheeler and Shibway, maybe with some shooters, maybe with some offensive firepower. I really like what Cason Wallace and Chris Livingston bring from a defensive standpoint to this team, but Kentucky's got to be able to bring some guys in that are shooters. But man, if you can have Oscar Shibway as the anchor for next year's team, a lot of people are afraid that the team is set up to kind of fail as the years go on here. But man, next year could be really, really special if Shibway does opt to return and Kentucky does their thing in the portal. Absolutely. I, you get, again, I, I hate saying it again, but you get the national player of the year back, um, you know, shattering rebounding records all over the place and double doubles. You get a point guard back who, again, he had some criticism at the end of the year, but he's got a year under Coach Cal's system and another year of SEC basketball play. Um, and then CJ Frederick, you know, and we kind of keep our fingers crossed that he stays injury free, but you're talking about a kid who lit it up on a really good Iowa team shoots it at, at a really high percentage. And, uh, he actually really values the ball. He doesn't turn the ball over very much at all. You can kind of go back and look at his stats at Iowa, but it's really impressive how few turnovers he had. Um, but yeah, so you, if you can get Frederick healthy shooting it with Wheeler and with Oscar back. And then, like you said, you got you got a couple of big dogs coming in with Casey Wallace and and Livingston. Yeah, that's that's a good roster to build on right there. I would probably lean towards that he is coming back as well, like you said. And so, like we were just talking about, the question then is: is how do you kind of fill in the cracks? There's another transfer portal kid. Just sticking on the topic of getting guys into the team that can kind of help bolster the ceiling. I think for this Kentucky Wildcats team, Terrence Shannon Jr. transfer from Texas Tech. Could be an interesting guy at the three. Uh, I'm not sure if there are any crystal balls out on him yet. I don't really think, uh, I don't really know if there's anything out there specifically on where he could be going. I know Illinois is a factor, if I'm not mistaken. Would a guy like Terrence Shannon Jr. and a guy like, let's say, Antonio Reeves or somebody like that, if you got those two guys to come in, would that be everything Kentucky needs to set up a potential title run next season? Yes. <laughs> in a word, I'll, I'll, I'll say yes. I, I think Shannon... He's the one I want the most right now. Um, and it's not just because of what he can do scoring the ball. And he he can shoot it really well. He can pull ups. He can get to the rim. Um, but you're talking about Mark Adams, the head coach of Texas Tech, one of the best defensive minds in all of basketball. And playing for Chris Beard, you know, the year before that. So you're talking about a guy who really knows how to defend, who really knows how to guard. Um, and another guy who can get out and score in transition, which we haven't had a ton of, you know, lately. Um, so I would say if you can get Terrence Shannon Jr. and Casey Wallace is what he's supposed to be and Livingston's what he's supposed to be, I, I think that alone sets you up really, really good. Um, if you can get if you can get Shannon and Reeves, man, yeah, yeah, uh, that's a, as ideal as it gets. That's a huge win for Coach Cal. And I know uh, what Duke has a lot of the, the freshmen and the five stars coming coming in. And, you know, they got another huge class. But no. Give me, give me Reeves out of the portal. Give me Shannon out of the portal. Um, Oscar back. Yeah, no, I that, that's a really good roster right there. I think you have to be really excited about the defensive potential of that of that entire lineup. But also, like you mentioned, having that little bit of explosiveness 
uh, in the transition game, I think is really exciting uh, potentially as well uh, for the Wildcats. And you go and watch some of Terrence Shannon Jr.'s film. Very, very aggressive, both offensively and defensively. He's looking every single opportunity he can in transition to dunk on somebody. And Kentucky's not had that in a while. I'm really excited. If he does commit, which I think there's a really good chance that Kentucky gets him, man, he would be a great addition. You would be a really, really good addition. Yeah, and, and the last thing there on, on him, I I think, uh, you know, Severe, again, he needs guys to be assertive, right? Uh, he, he's he's the facilitator. He's getting the ball to those guys. And as much as I love Kellen Grady and Ty Ty, they weren't really guys who really excelled in transition, you know, sprinting the floor and, and you know, running for, for buckets. But that's Terrence Shannon. He can do that, right? And, and Reeves, again, if Reeves doesn't have to be the man, if he's kind of the second, the third option, you know, that, that's more space for him to, to go and execute. No, I, I think those are two guys. If you could bring both them in, um, I, I think that's pretty big expectations right there. I know that there's a lot of negativity surrounding the program right now. But over these next couple of months, we could see it turn around. We really, really could. Now, I think people are going to get upset if, with whenever Shaden Sharp eventually makes his announcement. I believe that's eventually coming. Um, but, man. There's a lot of opportunity for Kentucky to really do some great things in the portal, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because I believe Kentucky will at least hit on a couple of different guys. All right, guys, before we wrap up our conversation with Matt Upchurch, I want to tell you guys about our friends at betonline.net. It's your number one source for all of your sports betting stats and info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. You can head over to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. I've got one more thing I want to talk about here, Matt, before we let you head out. Kentucky football. They had their spring game. Their secondary is a little banged up. Will Levis was really efficient. Deuce, Deuce Hogan, backup quarterback, uh, he was relatively efficient. The passing game eclipsed 280 yards uh, in a spring game. I thought it was a relatively solid outing. You look ahead to this year, you're coming off of a 10-win season. You're trying to reload at a couple different spots in the trenches. But overall, I think the – talk about the negative – uh, you talk about the negativity surrounding Kentucky basketball right now. Man, Kentucky football is at an all-time high. And I think they've been consistently pleased with what Mark Stoops has done over these past few seasons. Just kind of looking at at big picture-wise, looking at the program, what's the outlook for Kentucky football in 2022? Uh, I, I think it was was pretty high this year, and I think it'll be even higher next year. Um, I mean, you'd have to go back, Lance, uh, what, I don't know, the mid-2000s with Andre Woodson at quarterback to find a quarterback that Kentucky fans have been this excited about coming back again. Um, Will Levis, I, I mean, he's going to make it killing in NIL because, you know, Big Blue Nation just loves him. Uh, but I've got to think for this offense that we have right now, um, and I know, you know, a spring game is what it is, right? The defense is is kind of not really, you know, they're holding back quite a bit, right? Um, but I would say, you know, for for missing Wandell, I think the spring game gave Kentucky fans a lot of optimism because you saw what Dane Key, true freshman, kind of go off. Tavian Robinson, the the uh, transfer from Virginia Tech, kind of goes off. Uh, you got an Alabama, you know, transfer coming in who's played uh, twenty one some games as a four star recruit. You saw Barry and Brown coming in, another four star recruit, thinking the number nine receiver in the nation. So no, this offense looks to be firing on all cylinders. Um, I would say. 
10, 10 wins is certainly the expectation, but I think you'll find a lot of people who are going to set the number higher than that. And I may be one of those people just depending on, you know, getting closer to the football season where I, where, where I feel, you know, whether or not I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. Cause I, I think that there's a legitimate chance for this team to do something special. The fact that you get Georgia at home, I think is really, really important. I don't know if I talked uh, with you about this on the podcast. I can't remember if it was me or if it was with us just talking about it, but the fact that you get Georgia at home uh, late, I think is, is really, really important for this team. I also want to note here. So ESPN FPI released their uh, released their FPI uh, just, just yesterday. And first of all, I got to point out Texas is at number six. Auburn's at number 10. Okay, so just whatever ESPN smokes in the offseason, I want some of it. But (laughs) Kentucky currently at number 20 and the FPI, for those of you that don't know, it's essentially a a system where it's 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 a lot of different math and it breaks down how good teams are on a neutral field against an average opponent. And then also projects like whether or not you were going to be able to win your division, the title conference title, you make the playoff national title, different things like that. But according to ESPN. Kentucky this season will be 11.2 points better than an average team in college football on a neutral field. I'm pleased with that, but they also say that Texas is going to be 17.4 points better. So I don't really know what to think about ESPN's FPI. I think part of it's just kind of like it's preseason. And I think if you give it a few weeks, it's going to be able to adjust like a few weeks into the season is what I mean. But still it's a, it's a, um, it's a math machine, essentially, that's predicting Kentucky to go eight and four, but to be one of the better teams in college football. So I think if they just have a couple of games bounce their way, they could be something special. Yeah. And I think another part of the schedule that really helps out is uh, I want to say, I don't have it in front of me, but I want to say Florida is week two. Mm-hmm. Does that sound right? Yes. Week and two a, on the road. And that's a first year coach. Yep. So, you know, on the road, you know, playing down there at the swamp, you know, is never easy, but if you're going to play Florida, why not play in week two when they have a brand new coach or a first year coach? Um, So I think that's something else that, that maybe helps Kentucky get, get another win there. But yeah, you got Northern Illinois who's tough, but you know, you should beat them. Youngstown state, Miami of Ohio and Florida. That's your first four games. Right. And so I think you definitely have a chance to go four and O then I believe that takes you into sec play. Yes. Uh, On the road at Ole Miss. Okay, yeah, it, which you know, replacing their what one of their their top quarterbacks in program history. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's going to be a really good start to the year. And if you give Mark Stoops and company and, and the new offensive cord coordinator, um, I think if you give them some momentum and some confidence to build on, maybe going four and zero in that first you know kind of first third of the season, fourth of the season, I think this is a Kentucky team that you know Big Blue Nation is really really going to like watching play football. I'm excited to see what the offense does under uh, former uh, 49er uh, Rich Scangarello. Like you mentioned, you could potentially be 4-0. Uh, Ole Miss had about 20-ish players transfer out of their program. They've also had half a million transfer into their program, including a new potential starting running back and quarterback. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Oxford if Lane Kiffin can get things going. But I think that's going to be a 50-50 game for the Wildcats. You play it against South Carolina at home, Mississippi State at home. Those are both very winnable games. You're on the road at Tennessee. That's going to be an iffy one. But then you play Missouri, Vanderbilt. Uh, then you get Georgia and Louisville at home. I mean, there's an opportunity for Kentucky. Like you said, the expectation, I think, should be hovering somewhere around 10 wins. But for me, I may be excited. Uh, by the time the football season rolls around, they may just say, yeah, we're, we're going 11-1. And there's a, there's a legitimate chance that we win the SEC East. 
Absolutely. Uh, and I, like you said, the Georgia one kind of matches up well for us. Um, I, I think, you know, that coming after it, it, and Lance, you might have to look back at that, but I think that comes after the Vandy week. Is yes. That correct, Georgia. And so, you know, I, I'm not trying to insult Vandy or any it's Vandy fans. Week. Yeah, but so that does match up well for us, and I'm not sure who Georgia has the week before us. Um, but, man, you talk about hosting that game with potentially the SEC East on the line. I mean, that's exactly – exactly how you know stoops is getting so many good players into the program right now is you know that that's going to be a heck of an environment to play football in there are three games before georgia's three games before that by the way just so that people know it's going to be mississippi state tennessee and florida and kentucky's three games before that is missouri tennessee and mississippi state or excuse me vanderbilt missouri and tennessee so similar there in terms of the quality of, of opponent that they're playing before they match up with each other late but again man I'm just excited. I'm excited to see what this team does. I'm excited about Kentucky Kentucky uh, athletics as a whole. I think it's a good time to be a Wildcat fan. Matt, that's going to do it for today's episode. Tell everybody where they can find your content, man. Yeah, you can find me at the Kentucky 15. Uh, you know, I, I got a Twitter account, and then that's podcast. You can find the podcast, Spotify, Apple, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And then on the screen there, at Upchurch2013, uh, do a lot of tweeting for my personal account as well. Lance? Wednesdays, man, my favorite day of the week. You keep having me on here, my favorite day of the week. Really appreciate you coming on, Matt, getting to talk with you about some Kentucky athletics, guys. Thank you so much for watching today's episode of Locked on Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Lance Stahl underscore. And you can follow the show on Instagram at Kentucky Podcast. We will see you all for another episode of Locked on Kentucky tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless. 